You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the fifth Sunday of Easter, May 2nd, 2021, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. How would you define the word religion? It's a word we often take for granted, but what does it really mean? Stop and think about that for a moment. I mean, really stop and think for a moment. What does the word religion mean to you? For lots of us, religion refers to a commitment or an obligation to a particular way of being in the world, an ordered way of being in the world, a world that's bounded by doctrines and dogmas and moral rules and purity codes, a world bound by liturgies and by practices. One of the primary purposes of religion in this understanding is to maintain social order. That's the reason many religious organizations are hierarchical. You know, there's a king and all the kings, dukes and lords, and then all of their vassals and then the serfs. And likewise, there's a pope and bishops and priests and then the laity, the serfs. That was a joke. But, but you do see the parallels, don't you? It's about keeping order and about keeping everyone in their place. That defini- definition of religion, that understanding of religion, is about being, uh, as being about a particular set of codes and maintaining a particular kind of social order, has really been challenged by this pandemic, hasn't it? So many of us have experienced a vague, or maybe not so vague, feeling of disorder, a feeling of dislocation even. I mean, have you awakened in the morning and said, what day is this? You know, particularly early on, one day seemed to just run into the next. And in the larger sense, we seem to be losing a sense of our common stories. 
Where are we and where are we going? Conspiracy theories, the continuing sorting out of the culture into warring tribes and that barely speak the same language, much less share an understanding of where we've been and where we've headed, where we're headed. We've been physically dislocated and separated. And in the workplace, uh, having an informal Zoom conversation with a colleague isn't quite the same thing as an informal conversation where you just wander into your colleague's office or cubicle. You know, and think about school, our dear children who haven't been able to gather with their friends at a school for so many months. And thank God so many of them are, are now able to return, even if it's only part-time, but at least they're able to get back and be with their friends again. You know, they're, they're, they've missed that, that physical uh, interaction, that physical intimacy. And, you know, I fear, particularly with respect to businesses, this is only going to intensify as we move more and more towards remote working arrangements. And all this leads uh, up to disruptions and dislocations in our personal relationships. I mean, we long to see each other without our masks on, don't we? We long for personal tactile, concrete, tangible contact. How are we going to reestablish our relationships as we enter a world that's forever changed? Because make no mistake, there's no going back to February 2020. We've been through a crucible, and what will emerge isn't quite clear yet, but whatever it is, it won't look the same as 15 months ago. So where does the church fit in here? What's, what's, what's its role? And specifically, what's St. Thomas's role in this new and uncharted territory we're entering? Well, let's go back to our definition of religion. If religion is primarily about establishing ground rules for maintaining social order, what happens when the social order undergoes the kind of disorienting and disruptive change we're experiencing today? If we look at sociological data, we see pretty clearly that interest in religion, religion defined as adherence to religious doctrines and practices, is steadily declining in this country. And it's particularly so among younger generations. In fact, the, the youngest generation, the so-called Gen Z generation, there's less interest uh, in religion than ever. And that, my friends, is pretty sobering. So what's the future look like? Well, let's go back to that definition of religion. I learned years ago that the Latin root word for religion is ligare, meaning to connect. You know, think about ligaments that connect muscle and tissues in the body. So religare, the complete root word for religion, means literally to reconnect. Recovering what's been lost or dislocated or what's been laid aside. Reconnecting what's been separated. See, fundamentally, religion, properly understood, is always, always about reconnecting human beings to God, to God's creation, and to one another. I mean, that's a much bigger and more profound task than simply maintaining social order. And in this post-pandemic world that's unfolding before us, religion in terms of reconnection, religare, 
is exactly what we most need. Now, Jesus presents to us a beautiful image of life lived in connection with God, in connection with God's creation, in connection with one another in this morning's gospel reading. I am the vine, he says, and my father is the vine grower, and you are the branches. When I was the chaplain at St. Andrew's School in Austin, we built a beautiful new chapel. And as you walked in the front door and looked at the, at the back wall, what you would see two stories tall was a stained glass window. It was an image of the vine rising up from the floor and reaching towards the heavens. And the branches were interconnected. And it was just, it was a beautiful image. And right at the top, right at the top of, the, of this, this two-story uh, high stained glass window, there was a bright red cardinal. That sat, in the, uh, that sat in the branches of the vine. And when the, the light came streaming in through that window, you'd see the vivid red of the cardinal and the, uh, the, the, the branches and the, the vines intertwining with each other. It was a beautiful uh, image of God's creation, of the, of the, the fecundity, the, 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 the profligacy of God's creation. That's what Jesus, why Jesus uses that, that beautiful image when he says, I am the vine. And you know, of course, all throughout John's gospel, Jesus is always using different images to describe uh, who and what he is. And, and they all begin with, I am. You know, I am the good shepherd. Uh, we, he, we heard him use that image last week. I am the gate to the sheep pen. Uh, we hear him say, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, the life. I loved uh, what uh, Charles and Doug did for us right at the beginning of that beautiful George Herbert poem. Come my way, my truth, my life. You know, that's a, 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 an invitation to be in relationship with the way, the truth, and the life. You know, Jesus embodies the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't just talk about it. You know, doesn't give us a PowerPoint presentation of the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. Uh, I, am, I am the good shepherd. And, of course, all of that relates back to the, the Hebrew scriptures. You remember in Exodus, uh, Moses is tending his father-in-law Jethro's uh, flock up, up on uh, uh, Mount Horeb, and all of a sudden he turns around and there's a, there's a bush that's, that's uh, uh, in flames. And, he, and as he turns and looks, a voice comes out of the bush, and Moses walks towards the voice, and the voice says, don't come any farther, you're, you're standing on holy ground. And Moses, like you and me, says, who are you? Who are you? And the voice says, I am who I am. I am who I am. And, and of course, in, in Hebrew, a language that has no vowels, that gets spelled Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. Yahweh, God, the, the, the creator of the universe, the foundation of, of being, the ground of our being, says, I am who I am. And so when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the bread of life, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, I am the vine. He's talking about God and, and, and God in Christ. He is the, he is the incarnation of, of, of uh, this, this God uh, coming into the world, God being in the midst of, of life in the world. And this image of a community, this image that, that Jesus sets forth for us today of the, of, of the vine and the branches, that's an image of community. It's really the image of a true religious community. 
that Jesus holds, holds up for us. It's an image of community as one of mutuality and interdependence and of deep connection and deep reconnection. The branches each grow out of a central vine. And, and look at this. There aren't any freestanding branches. You know, there aren't any individual branches. Each branch just looks like the next. I mean, that's a challenge to us in, in our Western understanding of, of uh, our individualism. You know, we, 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 in, particularly in this country, we've propagated the myth of the rugged individual. Well, that rugged individual is out of place in the, in the image that Jesus holds up for us of the beloved community. There are no rugged individuals. There are only, only branches that are mutually dependent on the vine and mutually dependent on each other. And the fruitfulness of each individual branch, of course, depends on its connection to the vine. What matters is that each individual is rooted in Jesus. Each individual, you see, is connected to Jesus. And think of it this way. Think of, that, think of it as surrendering our egoic desire. You know, our, our, our desires to be important, our desires to be noticed, our desires to be successful, our desires to separate ourselves from each other, to stand out in the crowd. Think of surrendering all of that in order to be connected to something greater, something more enduring, to be connected, my dear sisters and brothers, to something eternal, something beyond the small, individualized, isolated self. And to bear fruit means to act in love. You know, Jesus' central command, in fact, his only command in all of John's gospel is to love as he loves, which is to say, to love sacrificially. There's no greater love than this, Jesus says, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. I, mean, I love this, this uh, the first, the reading from the first letter of John that Janine shared with us a moment ago. It's, uh, to me, it, it just summarizes uh, the, almost the entire gospel. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this way that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in the world. And here, listen to this, listen to this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. If you don't remember anything else from this, well, I hope you remember some other things, but if you don't remember anything else from this today, you take that home with you. You know, write it down, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your refrigerator door. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have, whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. That's what Jesus means by bearing fruit. To love God and to love each other. And, of course, the branches that don't bear fruit, the branches that don't love as Jesus loves, 
Those branches fall away from the vine because they're disconnected from the source of life. They're pruned because they're no longer connected. My dear sisters and brothers, this is a way of life, a way of being that's far more enduring than simply a vehicle for maintaining social order. This is a way of living, a way of being that's eternal. And it's certainly a way of being that calls us forward as we enter this new reality before us post-pandemic. To be reconnected, to be re-ligared, if you will, to the vine, to the source of life. This is what the church is called to be. A great and beautiful community of connection, a community that does the work of Jesus' love so that it bears much fruit. The life that Jesus promises us is so beautifully captured in his invitation to abide. Abide in me as I abide in you. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Abide in me and you will abide in love, Jesus says. As we move into this new chapter in our lives together in this blessed community of St. Thomas, how will we, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, abide, abide ever more fully, ever more deeply in Jesus. You know, there's no more important question before us. There is no more important moment we face than this one. We can live in disorientation, we can live in dislocation, we can live in disconnection, we can lead our own separate little individual lives striving for recognition, striving to, to, to judge those who are different from us. We can do all that. Or we can live in fullness, in fruitfulness, in reconnection, in the love of Jesus. One of my favorite hymns and one that captures this so beautifully, this invitation of Jesus is to surrender our selfish, self-centered wants and connect to a place of stability and belonging to connect to the vine is the hymn that's uh, in your worship sheet. Jesus says to us now, he says to us today, he says to us tomorrow, he says to us into eternity, abide with me.
For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.